welcome everyone to another episode in the Business Ready for Sale podcast series. Today, it's my great pleasure to have a very good friend and former business partner with me, Mr. Peter Bangle from Investors in People. G'day, Peter. G'day, John. How are you today? I'm excellent. Excellent. Every day above ground is a good day. How's the life down the southwest of WA? Well, uh, as you know, John, we're living the dream down here. Uh, it's a beautiful day today. Um, got up this morning, went down to the ocean with a dog and uh, had a run and a swim. Uh, started the day off with a bit of, bit of health and fitness. And uh, yeah, a couple of uh, interviews um, with uh, people I'm working with in Hong Kong and US. And uh, now ready for you, sir. <laughs> okay, it's great. The, the reason um, I wanted to do this podcast on partnerships is because I get to talk to a lot of business owners these days and clients who are working towards selling their business or getting out of their business or just growing their business. And whenever I mention getting into a partnership to them as a way of achieving their goals, they freak out basically and say, no, no, partnerships don't work. And just a little bit of background about how Peter and I got to be in a partnership. So I had a training and development business called Leadership Management Australia that was part of a franchise. Peter came in from the UK and bought one of the other franchisees' businesses, which was a very similar size to mine. I'd been in business about seven years at that time, coming up for seven years. And Peter came to me and he said, look, I've got two goals, and you can correct me if I get this wrong, Peter. <laughs> but you came and said, I've got two goals. I want to get my permanent residency so I can stay here. And... I want to exit the business in three years and sell and get out. Why don't we put our two businesses together? And because I'd been in the business for between six and seven years at that point, and I loved the business, I loved the clients, I loved what we did. We got some fantastic results, but I was looking for a change. And so Peter and I uh, checked each other out. Um, I don't mean police clearances and all that sort of stuff. We checked each other out as personalities and whether we could work together and agreed we got the franchise or to agree to put the two franchises together and we got into a partnership um anything you want to add to that peter well you know it was a very successful partnership john and we actually achieved our goal um, in about two years and eight months which was uh, which was fantastic and i think when i when i look back um you know i i realized when i started that franchise that uh, I didn't have all the skills I really needed to make it very successful um, and when I met with you and I watched the way you operate you know having met you at conferences uh, that the franchise offered and then met you in Perth and we talked with you things I thought well this gentleman knows how to run the franchise he's 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 uh, he's the the bee's knees at running the franchise and all the things that go along with it which I'm not and if he could do that and I could go out and develop our business which is one of my strengths I just figured we could make a bigger business than the two we had, and also we could, you know, probably make the business ready for sale, and and uh, that's what we did. Yeah, we we came up with the mantra "exit with equity in three years." Mm. So, and and that's the thing. If we look at why some partnerships work, we had a common goal, and that was to exit with equity in three years. We did, and, and the great thing was, John, I, I think we exceeded our expectations. If you look at the value of our business when, when we started to 
when we sold, I reckon, you know, we probably increased the value by about 10 times uh, just by working together. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, and we, <laughs> even though we were different personalities and different skill sets, we had one of the things, and it came out in one of the franchisors training sessions, if you remember, we had very similar values. We did. And that's critical, I think, in a partnership. Yeah, very, very, very much so, because, you know, the any any partnership is inevitably a relationship and relationships are built on trust and mutual respect. And the under, thing that underpins trust and mutual respect is, is having good values. So, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I remember that exercise that we did where, the, I mean, I can't remember how many people there were in the room, probably 60 or 70 or so, and we all did the values exercise. And then the guy running the session said, now find go around the room and find somebody or find other people that have got very similar values to you. And, and you and I, I ended up finding each other, which I thought was uncanny, really. Yes, it was almost as if it was meant. And, uh, and, the, and the more we talked, not only did we realise we had the same values, but we realised we had um, diverse uh, skills uh, uh, that would, uh, be, would be complementary in a partnership. Absolutely. It was um, appreciating the differences, I think, and a, a business needs those different skills. When people get into partnership with people who are the same as them, that's when it can become a problem, I think. What do you say? Yeah, indeed. You know, I mean, when you're starting any 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 business venture, making any big decisions in business or life, you really need to have a purpose and an outcome and a process. Um, and so, you know, if you if you sit out with uh, with with checking out the purpose and and, and the uh, the outcome. You know, uh, uh, for, for us, there was an opportunity where we could get synergy through our diverse skills. Uh, you know, we could make two plus two equal five, or in this case, actually ten. Um, and, and we could uh, work harmoniously together because we would have distinct roles and responsibilities. I think that came to us very early in the in our relationship, John. Yeah, yeah. Talk a bit more about roles and responsibilities. How do you, when you get into partnership with somebody, how do you work out Who's doing what? Well, it's, it's rather like you know, if you were interviewing someone for a, for a job, you know, you 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 look, you know, the the uh, capability is made up of, of knowledge and, and skill and attitude, and so you you search into a person's background like you would look reading a CV and see what they've done, how they've operated, what successes they've had, what what failures they may have had, uh, and, and and get to understand what what made them strong and what what made them win. And once you start to understand people's strengths, you can compare those strengths with yours, uh, and then you can look at each other's weaknesses, and, and you can recognise that if if your strengths equal my weaknesses, and my weaknesses are, are built on, on on the strengths of of, of you, then um, you know we've got a very good uh, partnership to together. Yeah, I know as part of your business now, you help businesses recruit people. And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about the process you go through there. Yeah, so, look, you know, um, our business today, we're a management consultancy. Um, uh, about half of our work is in leadership coaching. We work with major oil companies and miners and also some small companies. And we do recruitment for our, our small to medium enterprises. And, and uh, our recruitment process is always very, very robust. 
um, there there would always be uh, you know beginning with a with a CV as most things do, and and early meetings and questions um, and, and and building a relationship so that you can get to know a person. You know, quite quite often um, there's the two major aspects of, of of how recruitment works is is someone eligible? Do they have the skills and experience? And are they suitable? Uh, you know, will they fit in with the business and the people? So you're always looking at eligibility and suitability when you're recruiting people. And same for a partnership. Eligibility, you know, experience, complementary skills, and suitability. How do we get on together? Do we can we do we have similar values? Can we build trust and respect? You know, can we work, can we identify each other's strengths and and allocate roles and responsibilities that are suitable to each other? Those are the questions you ask uh, in a partnership, but they're the same questions that you ask when I'm recruiting. Is the is person going to fit in that company? Do I know the team well enough? Will they work with for the boss? Will the boss's method of leadership apply to that person and get the best out of them? All of those things, are, you know, are both on the suitability side and the eligibility side. Yeah, it's um, that suitability. I've never had... That's a really nice way of putting it, eligibility and suitability. It's getting people to that will fit your culture. And I guess when you get into a partnership, same thing. I'll talk about, or I'll ask you about um, starting the process of getting into a partnership in a sec. But I just want to, while we recently talked about appreciating differences and different personalities, uh, I want to tell the story about the day that you came into the office around 10 o'clock time with a egg and bacon sarnie in your hand and, and well, two, and two cups of coffee. Do you remember? I do. And you and I was sitting on the computer because that's what I love doing. And um, and you sat down and you said, I brought us some, some breakfast, egg and bacon sarnie and a cup of coffee. And I thought, hmm, okay, I wonder what's coming here. And then uh, as we're eating away and drinking away, you said, there's something I want to talk to you about. And I thought, oh, here we go. We're going to get to the bottom line now. And uh, and then you said, now, I don't want an answer and I don't want you to comment. We'll talk about it again tomorrow, but I'm going to tell you what I've done, all right? And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. And um, just for the listeners' information, being part of a franchise, we had a suite of programs that we sold. And you said... I've just sold a customer service training program to XYZ company. And it was quite a reasonably large Perth-based company. And I freaked out because we didn't have a customer service program that we sold. And um, and I started to freak out. And you said, look, I told you, don't want any response, any answer now. We'll sit down and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And because um, you knew, again, it's understanding and appreciating those differences. And I think that story makes the point that you knew what my response would be. And so you prepared me for it. You softened me up with a egg and bacon sani and a cup of coffee, um, but said, because you knew that I'm a muller, I like to mull things over. Engineer by training, I need data and facts. So when you presented me with I've just sold customer service training to XYZ company. You knew that given 24 hours, I'd probably think it through and think, oh, okay, well, I could come up with a solution for that and we'd work it out, right? And we did. That's, that's exactly what I, what, what I thought, John. And, um, 
Yeah, you know when when you you know when you start to understand uh, how people work through 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 observation and experience, you know you get you get to know what's going to work and what's not going to work. And I I knew that if I if I landed something on you and tried to push you into something, it wouldn't work at all. Um, I, I knew you would need time to think about it, and that was that was the plan. So it's uh, it worked pretty well actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure did. And there were other occasions as well. I, I won't mention the video of the geese. Um, <laughs> people yeah. don't need to hear that one. They can contact me if they want to know that story. It's a good. It's a. It's, it's, it's a good story, and uh, and uh, it, it's, it's a good uh, good segue to you know one of the things that you know about me too, John. I do sometimes fly by the seat of my pants. Uh, what do you, what do you mean sometimes ah <laughs> uh, yeah but and the good thing is we can laugh about it now and we laughed about it at the time um although, although it, it wasn't all all a bed of roses and occasionally um we would yeah get upset with each other a little bit but we would always sit down and have a coffee and talk about it and and then we'd laugh it off and because I remember an agreement we made up front that when we were thinking of doing something and we didn't necessarily agree on how we were going to do it or what we were going to do, I remember you saying, look, one time we'll go with what I think and another time we'll go with what you think and we'll we'll just alternate it. And, um, and I think that worked very well too. But it's having those understandings up front, isn't it? It makes the difference. It, it, it is, you know, you, you've touched on one of the one of the golden rules uh, of of successful partnerships, and and that and that is, I I always think fifty fifty is is uh, is absolutely the best way to go if you can, if it works for your business and, and your partnership, because equality, you know, when when what well, why would you need, you know, a lot of people go, well, I want fifty one percent, you have forty nine. Well, immediately when you do that in a partnership, you're you're creating a, a hierarchy. And um, partnerships are supposed to be equal and work together and in harmony. And uh, yes, you're right, John. We 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 consider ourselves equal. We have great respect uh, for each other. Um, our trust built, and um, we did uh, share things. That was uh, crucial. Yeah, I I see partnerships now where it's not fifty fifty, and uh, it concerns me sometimes. And uh, yeah. That fifty-fifty, I think, is is vital. Yeah, even 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 if it, it's you know sometimes it can't be a monetary fifty-fifty. You, you understand that, and you know what? Some businesses work with minority partnerships very very well. Um, it's just it's just the fifty-fifty. The most important part about it is is the trust and respect and given given each other. If you're in a partnership, then you're doing it together and you go forward together, and and that's that's why it works much better. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, okay. What about I put family members uh, in my notes to to talk about because family businesses are a, a strange animal in in themselves quite often. And we, you and I, had some family businesses that were really good clients, but I see sometimes there can be. Um, challenges in a family business with pe getting people to work together and whether they've got a share of the business and all that 
sort of stuff. Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, look, you know, um, the, the the rules uh, apply whether it's a family business or not. You know, the 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 obvious dangers in a family business is that you you run too high on emotion. Um, you know, there's always a place in business and in life um, and and in partnerships for you know heart and mind working together in harmony. Um, but you know, businesses are there to make money. Businesses run on numbers, and so you you in, in even in a family business. You have to take the emotion out and you have to look at the cold, hard facts, uh, which are the numbers, and you have to make sure that the the emotions and the relationships actually support the business and don't get in the way of it. Yeah. And remember that it is a business. <laughs> um, Indeed. You know, you have some have some rules about when you separate, you know, you probably need to separate business and, and, and family life as well. You know, if you... If you take it all home with you and it continues there, then uh, then uh, you know you're going to run out of steam. Yep, yep, that's for sure. Keeping that separation. So, what about um, when partnerships end? Because again, it comes back to beginning with the end in mind and having a common goal. Um, the problems can arise if. If one person wants to exit the business and another one doesn't, um, again, I mean, communication is the answer to a lot of these things, isn't it? Talking and having robust conversations. It, 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 it is, but but sometimes that that's not enough. And and what you said earlier on, John, beginning with the end and mind is another of the, the golden rules I have for business partnerships. Um, you and I started with an exit exit plan because, you know, at the beginning of a partnership, you know, everything in the garden is rosy. You, you, you're doing it. You know, you, your purpose is obviously uh, uh, there to benefit you, the partners and the business, you know, whether whether it, whether the purpose is to create more opportunities, you know, more effective utilization of assets, uh, mitigate risk. There's 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 a purpose. But at, the, at that moment in time, when you're starting, you know, things are happy. Uh, if you build your exit plan when you're happy, it's much easier to execute at the end of it when things might not be so happy because sometimes things don't always go well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the business may not have gone well for reasons external to the partnership. So then it's um, you still got to know how you're going to get out of it. Now, Yeah, we, we, actually, we actually built our exit plan into our business plan right at the beginning, John. Uh, and and you know we had a goal and a target, and, and we knew what we needed to do to get our business ready for that moment when we could sell it. Indeed, and and sell it we did, and and very well. Mm. Even though we tried to go about selling it ourselves first and stuffed that up, <laughs> <laughs> and then got a, a great broker on who taught me everything I know now about getting businesses ready for sale and selling them. So and, and, and we got and we got about twenty five percent more selling it that way than we would have done if we'd sold it ourselves. So we we we, we did, but it was good to put our hand in, hand in the experts. And that very man, by the way, John, now lives very close to me down here. Yes, yes, indeed. Mm. I know he's down that way somewhere. So uh, yeah, yeah, and he's about a drive and a seven nine from my house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the um. The other thing, and I recommend this to business owners as well if they're getting into a partnership, and that is 
to go and see a lawyer and get a partnership agreement drawn up. Now, I say that with a little bit of um, trepidation because you and I didn't do that. Um, we certainly talked everything through and did, we did write some stuff down and we, we basically had an agreement. But I still think, and I'll get your opinion on this, but I still think, and particularly talking to a lawyer about these sort of things, a, a partnership or an ownership agreement, I think, in a lot of cases, is a very valuable thing to do up front when things are, are good or starting off. Because the only time you're going to need it is down the track if if the wheels fall off. Or, 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 if, you're, or if you're ready to, you know, one partner's ready to exit and the other isn't, you know, uh, you know things can change. change. No, I agree. You, you know, having that written up at the beginning is good. I think where where we uh, needed that less was because we were in a franchise and the franchise had its own rules uh, that we needed to follow. Uh, so so that made it, you know, quite a lot simpler in terms of legalities. Um, uh, however, even when you use a lawyer, it should still be the partnership's plan that the lawyer makes legal. I think that's critical. You'd be better off not getting a lawyer to tell you what to do and how to do it. You're better telling the lawyer what you want to do and how you how you want to do it and make sure that the uh, the lawyer can tie up all the, the legal loopholes so it really works for you well. That way your exit plan is going to be a, a good, robust exit plan. Yeah, yeah, that's really good advice. And I know a good lawyer that, that does that sort of thing. In fact, I've done a podcast with him on that very topic. Um, if you want to go and find that podcast, you can um, listen to Stephen Brown talking about ownership agreements. Because again, it's not necessarily because the, the partnership doesn't work, but if one partner gets ill or passes away or something like that, then what's going to happen to their part of the business? You know, it's 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 a bit morbid to think about those things up front, but it's a good idea to have thought it through and have a plan in place um again just to protect the person that's left behind yeah absolutely so okay um anything else you want to add peter well look, you know i i think i think the most important things are, are to to go and go in with, with an open mind uh, make sure that there's a, a good purpose that, that you're going to achieve something better than you've got without the partnership. So as, as I said earlier, you know, maybe maybe there's opportunities to grow your business faster. Maybe you maybe there's uh, diverse customer bases that you can you can both access. Maybe there's assets you can utilize more effectively. Maybe that there's opportunity to uh, do a lot more because you have separate roles and responsibilities. But I think the golden rules for me start with the end in mind, ha have an exit plan. Have a robust business plan that includes the exit plan. Make sure that the person you're going to go into a partnership with, you have full trust and respect for, and that that respect has to be mutual. Um, make sure the benefits outweigh the, the downsides. Um, have good good roles and responsibilities so that you have uh, uh, equality. Have that 50-50 in mind, and then develop a good process for your business so that it works smoothly. Those are the things I would suggest uh, are going to increase your chances of success. Beautifully summed up. Beautifully summed up. So that's great. Thanks for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for catching up. Always good to talk to you. How can people get in 
contact with you if they want to talk to you? Oh, look, um, uh, my, my email address is peter at investorsinpeople.com.au. I don't often take on new clients these days. However, any friend of yours, John, is always a friend of mine. All right, Peter, I appreciate that. And um, let's um, catch up soon and, and have a beer and a barbie or something. That would be a very good idea. I think we may do that very soon. We may indeed. And it may be just in your neck of the woods. Splendid. All right, Peter, thanks very much. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you'd like to know more about what I do, you can go to johndenton.com.au and learn how I help business owners get their businesses ready for sale because a business that's ready for sale is well worth keeping. So bye for now. Look forward to having you on another podcast soon.